Welcome to another episode of Smithereens. I am your co-host, Tom. And this is your co-host, Jared. Jared, what do we have going on the podcast today? Our season finale. We have something special for you. Our content specialist, Gabby, is leading an all-female podcast with Renee Helda, our art director, and our creative director, Chrissy Pine. Thank you guys so much for tuning into season one. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for season two. Hey guys, so it is Gabby here, and I am the content specialist at Mr. Smith, and then we have the two other ladies in the agency. Hi, it's Chrissy, creative director and partner. And Renee, art director. Awesome. So it's just women on this podcast. People are probably tired of Tom and Jared at this point. So to get into it, we're going to start with the name Mr. Smith. And Chrissy, since she's the partner and she's pretty much been here since the beginning, can you tell us about the name, how it came about? Sure. Um, we want to talk about the name, particularly on this all-girls podcast, because it's Mr. Smith. Um, we decided that Mr. Smith um, would be the name and landed on that um, as our agency because Mr. Smith could be anyone and anything, um, and that includes gender, right? But Mr. was how we, we designated it and didn't think anything of it. It doesn't make our agency completely masculine. I'm not Mrs. Smith. A lot of people make that joke. <laughs> and, you know, I joke back and that's totally fine or whatever. Um, but Mr. Smith is is completely androgynous in, in the true spirit of it. Um, you know, we work with law firms and food trucks and restaurants and, um, you know, different financial agencies, investment firms, things like that. Like, Mr. Smith can be anybody, anything to anybody. It's taking something also that's truly vague and, and mass um, and, and wide and making something super unique out of it. So um, within doing that, you know, it, it, Mr. and Mrs. Smith wasn't going to be a great name for an agency. Mr. Smith was. So we, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's naming something. It's calling it that and going with it, and that's our, that's our identity. Okay, so you were totally on board with it being Mr. Smith. I didn't think anything of it, to be honest with you. Um, I am an observer and absorber of information and things around me. So mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I think that's really interesting because even though it's androgynous, you know, did you ever feel like, okay, I'm still the only woman here before Renee got here? And how did you kind of deal with that? I liked it. Um, I, I, I think it, it helped me to like define myself. Um, I've always been one of the guys kind of thing. Um, I have an older brother who I'm super close with who, um, you know, we would watch wrestling. He would make me watch wrestling with him. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And, um, baseball and whatever. And, um, in college I played, I was the only girl playing Texas Hold'em you know, on Thursday nights before we go out. And um, I always had a lot of different guy friends, and and my parents always tease me about that too. I have a lot of girlfriends. Um, But it never – I liked being unique amongst a bunch of guys. So for me, it was, like, appealing Mm -hmm. and exciting and um, challenging too. Awesome. Yeah, I get that for sure. So, Renee, when you came in and there only being one other woman here and joining an agency called Mr. Smith, what did you think? 
Um, I mean, I wasn't intimidated by that. Like, I'm I'm similar to Chrissy where um, even as a kid, I always had guy friends. Like, I mainly had my girlfriends growing up and everything, but um, I feel very comfortable being, like, the only girl unless there's, like, a topic that I'm just I can't really, like, be a part of or I don't relate to. But um, I think it's, like, a unique thing. Like, you just feel like, okay, if they feel comfortable with me, then that must make me like easy to talk to or something yeah it um boosts your confidence a bit yeah like I can be I can be one of the girls and I can be one of the guys in a sense cool (laughs) so I know you guys are super you know you're the guys girls you get along with everyone but there has to be moments in this office where you're like okay it's too (laughs) bro-y where the girls at (laughs) do you guys have any examples of those moments or just like you know Sometimes you might feel like, okay, you know, I really am one of the only, one of the three women in this office is a male-dominated office, and, you know, what are your thoughts on that and, you know, how you deal with that? Um, Overall, those moments for me are few, Um, but I think I'm I'm very much, um, I want to hear what's going on, I want to hear the banter back and forth, and I'm entertained by it. Um, for the most part, you know, <laughs> and so it's, it's entertaining that like that broiness and camaraderie, um, for me, it's just like a nice, like break from whatever I'm doing or distraction or like brief, mild entertainment that I'm allowing to like hear in the back, yeah. um, of my brain, that yeah. kind of a thing. Um, you know, I, I, I rarely get like super frustrated with it. Um, and if I do, I usually laugh. Like if it's like, ah, mm-hmm. like, and now I can't concentrate. It's like, <laughs> oh no, it's, it's all right. It's funny. It's, it's yeah. a good break. Mm-hmm. It's like I was saying the other day, like when we were planning to talk about this podcast, I said, like, sometimes I just laugh way too much. I laugh at all of it. Cause it's so entertaining to me too, just to be in the middle. And it's not even just the guys, it's just being in the middle of everything. And I very much like have no headphones in for the most part, because I want to hear, like, the banter mm-hmm. of it all. Um, but, like, I guess there's been some times with, like, wrestling or something for whatever reason <laughs> happens. And I'm like, I'm not going to take part in that, but do you, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Sometimes it's, like, it's nice to just sit back and observe and not have to join in, but just listen to all the bullshit that's going on <laughs> and kind of, you know, being like, well, yeah, that's the guys here. And <laughs> just keep going on. Yeah, there's um, the, I guess, like, let's lump it into a category called, like, banter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my previous job to this, it was mainly, mainly women, mainly women ages, like, 23 to 30, mm-hmm. um, and probably, like, 20 to 25 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so banter is different, mm-hmm. and it's... It's like teasing back and forth, but in a different way. And it's still entertaining and it's still super fun. And I miss that sometimes. Like I miss that, um, that like female banter that I think the three of us often don't get to like vocalize much. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's a lot going on. We work in an open environment. Nobody has an office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I like not having to put energy into entertaining um, while I'm here. So I like to like sit back and observe. Mm -hmm. And me being like in my position of 
being here the longest, being a partner in the company, me taking that seat of like, I'm going to sit back and just observe and be entertained by all of this probably then leads the way for any other girls who are here, not being like an active, Mm -hmm. you know, like number one entertainer role Mm -hmm. in all of it. Um, I was that role at my old job. Um, they called me Kramer actually. Cause like, <laughs> I like had all these funny like mannerisms and I was very much like comic relief. Um, I miss that a little bit, but there's like no competing with Colin. So, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. is that, that sits, he's, he's best at that. And I'm very entertained by it for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I feel like has to be different from going, from all women in an office or majority women to majority men is, you know, your looks, your appearance and what you're wearing, what you look like every day, feeling like there's like a slight competition that's kind of, you know, you're not really aware of it. So can you kind of talk about that shift? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I felt like I, I'm someone who doesn't um, necessarily like actively – everyday research or have have in front of me fashion or like trends in in like clothing category um so when at my old job like if someone rolled in with like a cute top or like this awesome dress and was like oh where'd you get that or like this new nail polish color um we actually had at my cube um there was a there was like a open clothes drawer and I we had probably 30 SE nail polish colors and I like arranged arranged them in this like really cool rainbow gradient Um, and people come to my desk and just take nail polishes and like borrow them they had a wedding or whatever so like it was very much like you know um that I had it right in front of me and I knew like oh like that's a cute crop top like I might go get a crop top for Mm -hmm. myself when I came here it's like I was looking at like Colin and Ron I'm like I'm not gonna wear what they're wearing you know like it's not like just in front of me I have to go like actively look for it to Mm -hmm. define myself Mm -hmm. versus seeing it on someone who's a peer of mine who lives in Buffalo works in the same um you know realm as I do and and I'm like oh yeah like I like that like okay, I can do something like that and put my spin on it. I have to like actually actively define myself. So I definitely didn't, because my timing of it all was was also a, pre- a pregnancy, I didn't make it like a priority to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and it's, it's basically jeans and some kind of like plain top. And like, that's like, I was like, oh, I'll just do this and I'll rock some sneakers or flip-flops or something. And I, like, feel like I haven't been able to, like, develop my style as I used to. And it also, like, comes with age and motherhood, which sounds terrible. But, like, you know, <laughs> like but I feel like I definitely lost that. Yeah. You know? So you were pregnant with Hattie when this all started? Um, yeah. We, we um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Pretty much. And then um, after I had her, so it's like, who wants to, like... You just had a baby. Like, yeah. I don't want to, like, buy all kinds of new cool clothes right, right now, you Seriously. know? So I, I kind of got lost. And how old is she now? She's four and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Renee, you started here right after college. So mm-hmm. how did the dress code impact you? Like, did you feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not inspired? Or were you just happy that you're kind of in more of a chill environment? Um, I was so happy that I was <laughs> in a chill environment because... Um, pretty much all through high school and college, I wore leggings and a long ass shirt, like a guy's shirt or a guy's sweatshirt. Like I just look like <laughs> that all the time. 
Um, yeah, I didn't really put a lot of thought into my outfits, but I guess the drive that behind like caring a little bit much, like like a little bit more was um being in an agency, like being in front of clients sometimes, yeah. like but we're not super formal, so that was like a great balance, I guess, to that's, have. That's another point. Clients actually like how informal we yeah. are. So I never I actually the last time I went shopping to try on clothes, I tried on a pair of pants that weren't jeans they were like tailored at the bottom they were like high waist with a button they look cute they look great Mm -hmm. they had pockets and I stepped back and I was like that's not when would I wear these Mm -hmm. I don't like clients want us want to come in here and see us wearing jeans and they like our approachable um we're like an exciting creative part of their day so if we get all buttoned up in a suit and tie for them Mm -hmm. like that's like well who are we trying to be Mm -hmm. like let's be ourselves you know yeah and I love like I like wearing like girl girly clothes and stuff but I obviously love like my loose t-shirts and stuff and it's so funny because like I'm getting dressed in the morning and I'm thinking like is this okay oh wait well like Rob will wear a (laughs) t-shirt with jeans like I almost like model it after like a guy because I know that it doesn't really matter Gabs what about you um, I definitely like the casual environment here just because there's some days you wake up and you're just like, yeah. I don't freaking feel like putting on a dress and heels. Like what? I would kill myself if I had to work in that environment. Um, and I think it's definitely great in the winter because no one really wants to get super dressed up, but it's weird because I think I definitely thought more about what I looked like in college because I was around so many girls mm. and mm-hmm. like even the newspaper I worked at, like, you know, people just took that stuff kind of, you know somewhat seriously um and you know going out every weekend so like my closet was all full of you know my friday saturday night outfits Mm -hmm. so it's like coming here i'm like shit i can't wear like 75 percent of my closet (laughs) i don't know if it's work appropriate which is interesting um to another point when when you're around girls so the three of us are heterosexual Mm -hmm. when we're around girls we feel the need to have to step it up a bit more but like and even you two, like, you know, I'm married with kids, so, I, you know, I don't really think the, like, you know, I don't really have to impress anybody. I'm pretty locked and loaded. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, like, that doesn't drive it. Like, yeah. driving, you know, having, like, being in a male environment, like, doesn't drive yeah. that That's motivation. Which and is it, so funny. It yeah. is because guys always want to believe that women are getting dressed up and put on makeup for mm-hmm. them. Or they'll right. be like, Oh, you look great opposite. without it. And it's like, I fucking know I look fine without makeup. I'm not doing it for yeah. you. I'm doing it for me. I don't care what you think right now. I know. That's so funny because I'm thinking about the times where I do feel fr- pressured to like look mm-hmm. better. It's usually when I'm going out and I want to feel good for myself. But if I know I'm just like going out one-on-one with one of my girlfriends, I'm like, oh, well, they're probably going to wear like some cute skirt. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. I should. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Because like you never, and it's so like effed up to even think this way, but you never want to look like the frumpy one in the group. And it's I know. so, you know, it's it's kind of annoying that we've kind yeah. of like ingrained that, you know, jeans and a big t-shirt or a big sweater is like not feminine enough. It's like not sexy. It's yeah. not like you got to yeah. up it. So comfort yeah. has usually outweighed other factors yeah. for me. <laughs> so it is nice that we spend the most time here out of our life pretty much in our week. So it's yeah. cool to come to a place where, you know, we feel relaxed. We don't really feel that yeah. pressure. And I think like being relaxed also, you know, impacts how we interact with clients and like doing our mm-hmm. work, feeling comfortable. You kind of feel like more at ease, more creative, you know, that's mm-hmm. exactly it. It's um, for us, it's creative. Mm-hmm. 
but we, for a client who maybe has a deadline and is super nervous about something, if we get nervous with them, it makes them 10 times more nervous. Mm -hmm. But if we can like create an ease of like, no, we got this. We're the professionals. We know what we're doing. This doesn't worry me. It Mm -hmm. completely like changes the game for the better. Yeah. So the more we can have that mindset, the better. So going into client work, which I think is really interesting because it's, you know, we work at an agency. We're working on client work Mm -hmm. all day that we're here. So Chrissy, you know, and Renee, how do you guys sometimes feel when you're going into a client meeting? You might be the only woman, you know, and it's cool. You might feel confident when it's all of us, you know, with the guys in the office, you know, kind of chill, relaxing, but do you ever have moments where you kind of feel self-conscious when you're meeting a client for the first time who, you know, particularly might be a male? And how do you kind of navigate that space with them when you're meeting them for the first time and being the only woman? Um, That is something um, for me that has never been a gender thing. That's never, um, I think it's just meeting like a person uh, in a power role for the yep. first time. It's never been like male or, or female for mm-hmm. me. Um, Cause there's some pretty damn intimidating women out yep. there yeah. um, that make me way more nervous than some, mm-hmm. some male clients. Um, and I, I always uh, shoot from an angle of which, which could be a feminine thing um, of being like a good listener and um, sort of absorbing information first. So whenever meeting a client for the first time, I want them to talk more than I'm talking. I want to hear from them. I want them to know that we're understanding who they are. Because if we don't understand who we are, who mm-hmm. they are, it's not going to work. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't know if um, that might be more of a female trait than a male trait. Um, having to like to out of the gates come out with like confidence of, well, this is us, this is Mr. Smith, and this is the way we do things. I like to come at it with like, let's hear from you. Like, what do you need? What's your problem? Like, let's hear it. Um, And I think Colin and Robert are very similar in that, but maybe me being like the female partner, I can play that role more Mm -hmm. in a client meeting. Mm -hmm. So are there any moments where you feel like you're consciously, you know, aware of you might be the only woman in the room so I need to like sit in this seat or I need to be vocal at this point or I need to assert myself here um that's a great question I'm more conscious of like I need to say like this can't like I can't not say something Mm -hmm. so I often listen a lot and I sit back and listen and then you know I'm sitting there and and okay like you guys have all been talking heads for a while like, mm-hmm. here's here's the real deal, and I'll step in and talk then. And I think it, it comes with power behind it versus, um, you know, right at the beginning, like a, a flash of an opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more weighted that way, I yeah. think. Absolutely. So I think Renee and I would love to get to that point mm-hmm. <laughs> with yes, us, you, you know, you being will. the youngest here. Yeah, and this, like, our first job out of college. You know, Renee, how do you sometimes feel when you're, like, going into a meeting or you're not – you know, are you ever nervous? Do you ever like think about those kind of things of like how you might be perceived as like the only woman in the room? Mm, Yeah. I feel like for me, it's less of a gender thing. Like how Chrissy was saying, 
Um, I tend to be intimidated by clients because they're a client, not because mm-hmm. they're a guy or a girl. And maybe even maybe like intimidated more by women than mm-hmm. guys because not even with clients, but with women that I meet anywhere, there's almost like this uh, expectation that I have where I want them to like me. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't really have that with guys. So I'm like, oh, I better be likable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like the only thing I really struggle with. But in reality, it's like, I just should be neutral. I'm here to do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like in general, I'm I'm more of like a listener and I'm, I'm an observer and I like to like take in information and then the job gets done when I leave the room. But um, yeah, I definitely want to like shadow more and like learn as I go, like in my career mm-hmm. on how to, say what I need to say or when I should say it, I guess. So, yeah, we're, we're all young. We're all, um, fresh in this. And even, you know, with Devin, um, who's a guy for clarification for the listeners, (laughs) (laughs) um, even with him in the beginning, I told him the more reps you have with clients, the more confidence you'll get. Yeah. And that, and that's what it's all about. doesn't matter who you are. Um, it's it's human relationships. So a client isn't um, an object. You know, they're actual living, breathing human. Right. And that client isn't necessarily their entire business either. That client is someone representing that business. So you have to have that personal relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you get to know that person, the more conversations you have, the more they trust you, you trust them, the more you learn about each other, the better. So it's all about it's all about reps. Yeah. It's almost like more reps with one client is better than like one rep with every client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How do you feel in regards to that? Like stepping into a room and Yeah, I think that I'm naturally just an overthinker. Mm-hmm. So before I meet with anyone, like I have to do a Google search. Like I have this thing before I meet with someone, I need to know what they look like. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating if I can't find a picture of them because it's like <laughs> I like to, I don't know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. No, that's, um, that's But great. I totally agree with being a little bit more intimidated by women. And I think it's also just because as women, we kind of understand, you know, if we're meeting with a woman who's high up, you know, she's the the founder of something, we're like, that's, you know, it's super badass no mm-hmm. matter what you do because you know that there are obstacles that they have to get to that point. So it's like, this woman is official. She right. is professional. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you do want to be likable whether mm-hmm. you kind of admit it to yourself or not. Exactly. Whereas like, guys, it's kind of like, I don't really care you like me or you don't. Like, <laughs> right. You know, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really interesting. And I think I do find myself, the longer that I'm here, I totally agree. The more contact you have with a certain client, the more comfortable you are with them. Sure. Um, whether they're male or female, I don't really think about, you know, like you guys said, oh, man, this is a man. But I am a little, you know, when I am the only woman in there, I'm like, like Chrissy said, like, I think I need to say something at this point or I don't want to seem too silent or I want to, you right. know, be yeah. taking notes and show that, you know, I'm being attentive and that they know I'm listening. And, you know, if they have a question, kind of like stepping up and trying to answer if I have the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's definitely a process. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that there are some girls who are going into either it's their first job or they're changing jobs and they might have had a really bad experience. I think we're all fortunate here to work with guys who, you know, they hear us out. They're not 
these misogynistic pigs, but let's face it, there are those guys who are at different companies and they don't necessarily treat the women there with respect. So what advice would you have? And maybe this is more directed toward Christy because mm-hmm. you've been, you know, you've worked at other agencies too. What advice would you have for a girl who's kind of like feeling lost or feeling like she's not heard? You know, how could she get through that and kind of gain that confidence? Sure. I think, um, you know, my advice there is, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty broad because the situations are all different, right? But like, I would think start with having one-on-one conversations with people and learning people and getting to know people. Um, open up a little bit. Pull the pull the guard down a little bit. Um, you know, don't be afraid to wear your emotions on your sleeve at times. You know, I think there's what's funny about um, women is like that um, that surge of emotion that we can feel mm-hmm. that we have to suppress in a workplace. It's okay to like get super mad and scream and then eventually cry at home. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. It's your home. But like you're here, not that like it's okay for men to do it either, I suppose. Maybe it's not okay for anybody to do it, but like <laughs> yeah. we just, our emotions sort of build and grow differently than men do. Um, so don't be as conscious of that like take that away, like that might be the guard that's up. And instead, like think about learning about this person, like what do they got going on? They have insecurities just like you do. Mm-hmm. Everybody has insecurities. It doesn't matter. People are people, you're dealing with people and learn from other people, absorb mm-hmm. things, figure out what you like, what you don't like. And you know, graduating from college, graduating from your master's, wherever you might be doing, you know, starting an internship for the first time, like just try things. Try try to have an opinion. Put it out there. Like see what your voice sounds like. If you're like, oh, that sounded really weird, then change it. Like mm-hmm. you you know, everything nothing is the end of the world. You know, you can you can really just kind of find yourself. But in my opinion, it's it's about um relationships and you know, you don't live in a box. You're not just totally secluded all day like it's about learning about other people too and almost if you form opinions about other people it makes you care less about their opinion of you Mm -hmm. you know if you're like I actually really don't like you then you're going to act more confident around them Mm -hmm. so just you know like kind of play that role like it's not about everybody eyes on you like you absorb the world Mm -hmm. I don't know that was I think that's awesome advice. Yeah, that was good. I went down. I went. I went a path. No, okay, that's awesome. I think that. I think that people who are in that situation, I think that that's definitely helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've talked about the clients that we have here and meeting with them. So I want to know who are some of your dream clients? Like, who would you love to work with? Because a lot of the clients that we have now you know, their audience, uh, the people that they're trying to attract are mainly male. We have, a, we have a couple, you know, more female clients in there or, you know, kind of being more conscious of, you know, being inclusive of more than just one gender. But sometimes it can get a little like, you know, we're talking to a lot of men here. Yeah, so. there's, mm-hmm. there's a few key clients right now that, um, you know, definitely have a, a male-focused audience for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Like on ideas of 
clients that I would yeah, want. Yeah, or just brands you would love to work with. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of like female specific stuff I can think of right off the bat, but I would love to one day work with like a vegan friendly company mm-hmm. or something to do with animals or agriculture or something that has to do with like the wellness of our planet because there's not one thing on this planet that's independent of another, like just kind of like a well grounded mm-hmm. company like that. I don't know how feminine that is though, but it would be bomb on the other yeah. spectrum to like work with like a makeup line or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. That'd be dope. Yeah. yeah. I um I think working with a client like that, like a makeup line or or some type of like super female focused product. So mm-hmm. it's it's B to C and like figuring out like the creative look of that and like like that's that's sort yeah. of like my dream is like mm-hmm. all right, here's this like super female driven product. Let's like design the hell out of this mm-hmm. and make it something nobody's seen ever before and make it something like people like want, mm-hmm. you know, and and want to be a part of. And like they literally just buy it because of the label. Yeah. Like who gives a shit what the product is? Like, yeah. like, like it's just like it has this identity and it doesn't budge and it is what it is and it's like hardlined and you know, freaking sassy or something. Like, there's just something that we define for that women-driven product that's, like, unbudgeable. I mm-hmm. love that. I don't know what that is. I feel like, that's skincare awesome. would be awesome. Yeah. Like, just yeah. thinking about that now, that'd be awesome. Like, I always okay. just think of Lush and how inspired I am by their brand and, like, how aesthetically pleasing it is. It's not super feminine, but it can be. Like, mm-hmm. there's men and women stuff. I totally agree with that. hmm yeah, I, I I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think that coming from um, a copy standpoint and writing and thinking about, you know, the messaging that we put out in words, I would love to work with a client whose audience are women like me who mm-hmm. kind of are like, you know, well, one being like either Latino or black coming from like the city, just like a whole different yeah. demographic. Um just like more urban, I would love to do that and kind mm-hmm. of like target that demographic yeah. and like having like really cool, you know, just more fresh ideas that kind mm-hmm. of are aligned with like pop culture and kind of what's trending, but not feeling too forced. Um, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Ooh, I feel like jewelry too. I'm like thinking about like your pretty like nose piercing and like oh. just stuff like that, like gold <laughs> and it's really like, yeah. I don't know, posing it with, like, some plants and, like, yeah. just creating a line like that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I think this all just ties back to, you know, every you get excited when you kind of see yourself in something. Mm-hmm. You know, we can still mm-hmm. find inspiration in a lot of the clients that we work with who, you know, their product isn't really for us. And we can kind of, you know, get excited about that. But when we see something that we're going to use and that appeals to us, it's, like, a whole new level of yeah. just, like, motivation to create, like, a kick-ass you know, overall project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. So we're going to take a little intermission mm-hmm. and we're going to do a round <laughs> of area grievances. I think it might be uh, worth noting that we all have a glass of wh- what's in here? Tequila. <laughs> it's tequila. Uh, yeah, Christine made us drinks before we started. Some so, grapefruit. <laughs> tequila, soda, and some grapefruit juice. Yeah, and it's pretty bomb right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, feeling it's it. It's refreshing. 
Yeah. So what are some things that just annoy the shit out of you when it comes to being one of the only women in this office full of guys? So um, I'll start. I'll start with a bomb. Um, you know, when when we have our periods, <laughs> we have to go to the bathroom. And like I like I've always you, and you just always have to do this. I've always done this no matter who I work with. But you have to like hide your tampon. Yeah. I always shove it up my sleeve mm-hmm. and like walk to the bathroom. Yeah. And I can like walk out with it like a baton. <laughs> you know, like eh, go to the bathroom. <laughs> You know, we always have to like hide it. That's yeah. why is it such a hidden thing? Why yeah. is it hidden? It's interesting. That it's it's not like I did. I worked with mainly women before. It's not like I like did the baton mm-hmm. at my other job. It's like right. you just always have to hide it. Yeah, oh, and it, it's like the guys thing. in here they know what the hell it is. You know, they they have girlfriends or wives, so they're well yeah. aware of what a tampon right. is. But it's like we still just subconsciously like, oh shit, let me pass one to Renee. Like, let's do a secret yeah. little yeah. under the table. Yeah, put it in your bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shove it in my sleep. Uh, yeah, and I think just being, like, talking about periods is so awkward. Like, why is it mm-hmm. so weird, you know, talking about... Or even just, like, your hormones during mm-hmm. that time. Like, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry yeah. that I'm being bitchy, but I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> being yeah. hormonal. Yeah, and then when a guy asks if you're PMSing, you're like, no, you're just being a dick. <laughs> Maybe I should believe that. No, don't. No. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty frustrating. What do you yeah. have, Renee? Um, I don't know. There was that, like, kind of joke about the pee on the floor in the in the single bathroom. That- yeah, so for, for <laughs> listeners, um, our office in the hallway has a single-person bathroom on our floor. That none of us ever want to go into. And then there's a, there's a um, men and women bathroom on, this, on the floor above us. So there's one single person bathroom where we don't have to walk upstairs or take an elevator, and then there's like a women's <coughs> bathroom on we have to walk upstairs or take an elevator, and so like you know we all all ten of us three women seven men share a single person bathroom, and I think the three of us all default to walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fear of being walked in on, to be fair, because yep. that thing just has a fob opener in it, and it's super weird, but. Yeah. Yeah, that bathroom gets kind of trashed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has a weird smell sometimes, too. Yeah, and it's funny because it seems like the women's bathroom genu- generally is, like, always clean. It's mm-hmm. always cleaner. There's, like, nice lotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lotion up there. We take care of each other. It's worth the flight for, for some nice hand lotion. Yeah. I would say one of the things that I get kind of, like, annoyed at is when I feel like I'm not, like, dressed well one day or I don't have makeup or like I kind of just threw my hair in a bun or something that for the whole day I kind of feel like uh, I don't really want to talk to anyone I just want to stay here I don't you know you don't really feel as confident I think that it's so frustrating that you know sometimes we think that we have to like look a certain way when you know nine times out of ten the guy sitting across from us doesn't even fucking notice that we don't have eyeliner on Mm -hmm. like in situations where say we're doing like lifestyle photography in the office and I happen to not like have my makeup on point mm-hmm. that day it's like such a i don't want that to happen yeah. but when you express that the guys are like what do you mean you look fine and yeah. it's like oh. i don't feel fine yeah, yeah. it matters to when me. we retook our photos oh my god yeah good point yeah i forgot about that oh we hated our our first round of of photos like headshots yeah. i think i was pregnant yes <laughs> you I were pregnant face 
I'm gonna take when I'm not pregnant. I was sweaty and nasty. Like I just looked like like pancake yeah. cakes for some reason. Yeah. Let me retake my plug. <laughs> you don't have to like right. question me. I'm gonna retake my photo. Right. Oh no, you look good. You look yeah. good. I don't care. No. This doesn't look like me. We have yeah. more hair, and with more hair, like there's more chance for error. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not gonna look the same every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you like did your eyebrows weird, your yeah. mascara's clumpy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You guys have anything else? Let's try to think. Getting interrupted. Yeah. I have a I have a quiet ish high pitched voice. And I listen and I wait. But yet I still get interrupted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I and I'm not one to talk I don't like talking over people. No. I don't like being I won't in do a it meeting. at home either. I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, I'm gonna say this thing right now. But I don't no. I hate that. And and I've been told as advice, like sometimes you just gotta do it, you know, to be heard. But like I'm just it, like, not comfortable with, with that. You. It like gets me in my gut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly at home thing is like screaming toddlers. <laughs> and I have to like say something to somebody over screaming toddlers, I just won't do it. Yeah. It just won't get said. Yeah. Because it like it takes like my entire body to elevate to that level to talk right. over it. I can't do it. And, but when when you're interrupting someone like in a conversation, like I've done, everybody does it like by accident or or whatever it may be. But you almost miss the beat of what you're trying to say. You're like, oh shit, okay, I'm too far now to stop talking, and I just <laughs> interrupted you. Oops. <laughs> it's always awkward. There's never a non awkward way to get yeah. over talking over someone or having someone talk over you. That's yeah. so true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that another thing that kind of grinds my gears is. You know, and I know that it's just like joking, but if Renee and I are talking and having a deep conversation, it's like, oh, you guys gossiping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, oh, we're actually yeah. talking about that a client a real... project right, right? now. Or, yeah. you know, it's it's like we're not like just sitting here just talking shit about people all day. Or well, if we we're should. working. We should sit and gossip. Like, <laughs> put if we're some working gossip here. time in the schedule. I know. If you're accusing us of doing it, we might as well talk right. shit. Yeah. I feel like if I'm just trying to be warm in the back, like we're trying to get like some warmth mm-hmm. in here in this cold ass office. It's not because I'm talking shit about something. I'm actually just trying to work. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some Another girl happens to be with me. Yeah, that's another thing is the temperature in this office and us not being able to agree yes. with the ideal temp that the guys want. Yeah. Well, you found that study that said mm-hmm. that women, there's no effect on men, supposedly, with temperature in their productivity. <laughs> yeah. But with women... If women are cold... <laughs> our productivity goes down. Yes, yeah. And it's so true. Before we even read that, like I always, whenever I'm cold, I'm like, I can't think. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't want it to be a sauna, but we don't like the goosebumps and you're chilly. And then like, I get, I get so sleepy if I'm in a room that's like really cold mm-hmm. and like, I'm thinking about like, yeah, should I tuck my arms inside my shirt? Right. Then I'm like, no, I'm going to look ridiculous in yeah. here. So, but I yeah. really want to tuck my arms in my shirt because they're freezing. <laughs> yeah. And I understand the argument, just bring a sweater. Well, sometimes that just ruins my whole outfit. I should just be a cartoon character (laughs) and wear a freaking hoodie every single day if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Patty mayonnaise. Patty mayonnaise. Yeah. But at least we have things in here that can kind of warm us up, like playing a game of ping pong or riding Mm -hmm. the Segway and stuff. Some drinks. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) alcohol. (laughs) That's also why... um, I wear what I wear to the office because I want to participate in games. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like I don't wear dresses or skirts really. And not that I do a ton anyway, but I did more definitely Mm -hmm. at my other job. Because like I want to be able to like participate in shenanigans. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, you know, jump here. 
run and jump over there. Like, Throw this yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe I want to do a cartwheel and try to impress some people. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I need to get better at that. I need to leave sneakers here because I know there's some people in here who get annoyed, particularly Caleb, when I don't want to play a game of ping pong because I'm like, I'm wearing sandals and my sandals will slip if I'm trying to go dive for a ball and mm-hmm. then my face is going to run into the shell. So I just don't yeah. play. But then it sucks. You know, you still want to play. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. All right, so we're going to change gears a little bit. And one of the things that um, I do want to talk about, because Chrissy, you've mentioned your kids a lot, and, you know, just the partners here are the only ones with children. And I think that, you know, it's different for guys who have kids or guys who come to work when they're expecting because they don't have a big old belly. So, (laughs) you know, I think that it's also, uh, you know, just – Seeing a woman who you're a partner, you have a lot of say here, you know, you're an awesome coworker, but it's very clear that you're also an awesome mom. So how do you balance all of that? Oh, not well. <laughs> um, uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big um, thing for me right now. Um, you know, my, like I want, I, I, um, our, our business is growing and I love all of you guys, like, within this business. Um, and my family is growing, and my kids are, like, at this cool age that I want to spend all kinds of time with them. Like, of course, there's times where I'm going to be like, get out of here. I need to be with adults. Um, I, I, so I have trouble. Like, I want to go to happy hour every day, every day. And I want happy hour to turn into, like, going out at night mm-hmm. and like going home at midnight or later or whatever it might be. But like, I also don't want to miss like all of these cool things my kids are doing throughout the day too. So like, I, I just feel super split. Mm-hmm. I think, um, crazy lucky and, and fortunate. Um, but like split, which doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I feel, I feel great. And I'm super. I, I love everything that I'm doing, and I'm motivated in everything that I'm doing. But it, there's always part of me in whatever I'm doing that thinks I should be doing with the other half. That should be with the other half, right. you know. And like, that's tough for me because I suffer from severe FOMO. So it's like I never not have FOMO then, <laughs> you know. Like it's just like that. Like um, Tom's concert and it, on Thursday when when the kids came. And I got to hang out with you guys. And, like, my husband was there, too. Like, oh, that was like, ooh, I have zero FOMO. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, everybody who I want is here and happy and having fun and great. It's like, okay, that was, like, <laughs> whatever. It was a couple hours. Yeah. I was like, okay. But other than that, I just feel super split. And it's hard. Um, you know, I, I definitely pull inspiration from a lot of different areas um, for both parts of my life, of being a mom and, um, and being a business owner and creative director. Um, which is good because I have like a lot to absorb and a lot in front of me, but it's, it's hard to sleep. It's hard to turn mm-hmm. off. Um, or when I turn off, it's like completely like I can't like gear it back up, you right. know? Right. Um, it, it's, it's tough. It's doable. There's definitely lines that I am drawing in different areas where, um, I'm a person who, I think women are in general people who spread themselves a little too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, we just always, we multitask a lot. Men do too, but I think 
um, growing up, you know, looking at our mothers or looking at, um, you know, different people who try to do it all, try to get everything accomplished and done by the end of the day, we spread ourselves a little thin. And so uh, particularly in the past like year, year and a half, I'm like, okay, like I need to draw some lines to not spread myself too thin. So I'm yep. super conscious of that right now. Yeah. I think, I think that the guys here who are dads probably also feel some of that split, but mm-hmm. I think with a haven't and will never experience and this is what I'm really curious about how was it working here when you were like you were like nine months pregnant still working right yeah oh yeah <laughs> I uh up until like the day before mm-hmm. that's insane um, yeah but yeah you just do it though yeah you almost you're strong yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real you almost, like you just waddle yeah like it's there's you another human well. inside you. No big deal. Right. Yeah, you don't, you don't sleep as good. And, like, yeah, like, you have more aches and pains. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you you, you just kind of deal with it. I think, honestly, the pregnant months don't compare to, like, the two months with the baby out and the stress that, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Ha- that happens with that yeah. is crazy and worse. And there's a reason why you – take a maternity leave at mm-hmm. that point in time and not during your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've had really great ones. You know, people have tough pregnancies for sure. Yeah. Mine were mine were really great. So, you know, I can't complain there. But um, do you think the time off should be longer? Um, oh, my God. I I don't know. That is such a good – that's a great – that's a great question. And it's like a great question, particularly um, in New York, too. There is mm-hmm. an initiative, you know, for – um, family leave and, and all of that, um, that it goes back to it. Like I, every minute away from here being a business owner, like it's tough. Right. And, and I think like hurts me, but yet like, you know, you can say the same about your family. So how the heck do you split that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't have taken more time personally here um, cause now I look at it and it's like, my kids are really cute right now and like learning things and like interacting with each other and having a lot of fun that I almost want to like be with them right now, but our business is doing great right now. And I don't want to take yeah. two months away from our business either. Two great things yeah. happening. Yeah. At the same time. I'm just time. exploding <laughs> with greatness. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a bad problem. No, yeah, it's not exactly. a bad problem to have. So, um, I, if I if I had a job that I went to um, that I cared less about, which is super possible because I care so much about this job, um, I would have wanted a longer maternity leave probably. But I couldn't wait to get back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then I was like, shoot, my two-month-old is like now in daycare and in the middle of flu season. Ah, that's what do you do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. How do you maintain, like, I guess, do you keep a certain energy, like, when you're at home that you bring here? Because there's really no off switch, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For your own sanity. I can't not be myself. Mm-hmm. If I, I can, like, say more professional things to clients on a call and turn that on and off and then, mm-hmm. like, get super goofy and... um and say, you know, whatever the heck I want to you guys or to my family, that I can kind of turn off and on because it's brief. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, 
you know, I am who I am to my kids the same as I am to everybody here. Like, mm-hmm. I get, like if I have to take on different personas, that to me and it, for my personality is, like, too much to handle. Like, I can just manage just me being me all the time. <laughs> if I have to be, like, all these different pieces, um, I my brain would explode. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I want to know, Renee, if you've ever felt kind of how sometimes I felt a little bit and Chrissy I want to know if you've ever felt this when you were younger is kind of when you're when you grow up and you have this idea like you know what you want to do like you're ready to start your career but you kind of get this feeling that as a woman you have to choose between your family having kids getting married and like advancing in your career do you ever like have you ever felt that kind of like that pressure to choose one or eventually having to choose one um I wouldn't say yet um but, you know, throughout the past few years, I, I had a boyfriend for five years. But even before that, I never had, like, that pressure to, like, have a boyfriend or be in a relationship. Um, but I feel like maybe I'm guilty of taking work too seriously sometimes, like, thinking about it too much. Maybe I should take time for relationships or something like that. But maybe, like... As I, like, get a little bit older, there's that pressure, like, oh, why don't you have a boyfriend yet? Because I feel like there's always someone talking in your ear, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Like, who are you talking to? And it's like, no, I don't mm-hmm. know. But should I? Yeah. Like, there's just that, like, expectation, I think, sometimes that you should be dating. Not quite yet having kids or getting married, mm-hmm. but that I should be with somebody when I don't particularly give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so real. Yeah. Like you don't always need to have a guy yeah. on your arm. It'd be nice, but I'm not seeking it out, really. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think it's it's important to know what kind of person you are. I know people who they don't want kids. They don't care to ever get married. All they have to focus on is their work and yeah. their career. And so it, it is, I think it is important to know who you are and what you want and taking that time, like, okay, I don't really want a boyfriend, but do I want a date? You know, should I kind of take time to do that right. and not feel bad about it? Right, so, there's definitely a balance. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I agree. I think that, you know, I haven't felt that pressure yet because, like, mm-hmm. I just kind of finished school and, like, mm-hmm. starting my career. But I, I know, and even my mom has told me stuff like, you know, you're so into school and what you want to do with your life, but, like, I know you're the type that wants to get married one day and have kids. Like, don't let it take over your life. And I've also seen, I had a professor who, you know, she told us how much she regrets spending her 20s and her 30s late 30s and early 40s just so focused on what she's doing to the point where she got she was 45 and she's like I'm not married I don't have kids and like I want them I always did but now I'm like realizing Mm -hmm. it's kind of too late and it's just kind of frustrating that like women how do you figure it out yeah yeah I think a lot of it is like the way your parents talk about it or the things you see from your parents Mm -hmm. um I'm thankful that my mom never really pressured me and she never really asks about being with somebody. Mm-hmm. That's always like my other relative, my or relatives. My mom, when I did have a boyfriend, was never like, "Are you guys gonna get married? Are you gonna have kids?" She doesn't expect anything from me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe there could be a better outlook on family because, mm-hmm. I mean, from my family, my parents are divorced. Like I've just seen like a lot of like shitty situations. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just how you take that yeah. and see I think what happened also going into a time where women are a lot more independent and I Mm -hmm. think in past generations it's kind of like 
the woman has to depend on the husband to be the sole provider. And I think that women now are like, no, I want my own shit, you know. So, oh, yeah. you know, there are sacrifices you have to make. But um, I think that as long as you kind of have the idea of, you know, being in a place where you feel comfortable and stable, obviously, financially, and that you can take care of yourself and stuff, I feel like I wish there was more emphasis on that and, like, yes. kind of feeling like you've accomplished something yourself and not making, like, marriage and kids, like, the biggest accomplishment of your life Mm kind of just like going with the flow letting things happen naturally yeah it's um it's like life happiness should be the goal overall you know and and you don't have to like decide by a certain time like you have choices you're 45 you can adopt a kid if you want to be a mom Mm -hmm. you know you can you can figure things out like there's lots of choices out there and um, you know, when you're, when you're in your twenties and your thirties and your forties and your fifties, like you don't have to accomplish something in that decade by any means. Right. Um, I, I think I had like, I really, 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 really enjoyed my twenties that like when my thirties hit and I became a mom, it was like devastating. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, life's not about me anymore. <laughs> it was so good. What did I do? You know, but like someone would say like, oh, that's how you should do it. But it like really hit me mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just make every decade like your 20s and really, really like it, you know, um, no matter what your life is yours and, and you can figure it out. But, you know, there is... There's balance you have to achieve. Just know, like, there's give and take. Everything's got give and take. And and you can figure it out that way. And you don't want to spend time with a significant other who's a dud or mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. not good for you, brings you down. Like, you always – my advice is always look for things in life to elevate you, to, like, push you further, to push you to being, like, better than you already are, not to, like, sit within your current realm and bring you down. Right. You know, so whether that be a kid or a significant other or a better job or moving or whatever it is, like just make every moment better than the other one. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think it's not like trying to make, or you're you're, like, I feel like people always get caught up in like thinking that life is going to be great tomorrow or like they're waiting for the next second to happen. But I think it's about finding happiness in your situation now. There's no rush on anything. There's no right or wrong way to do anything. So, yeah. Yeah. It's your story. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're coming to the end of the episode, and I think we had a lot of great conversations about just being women yeah. in this office, the stuff that we go through. But I think that it's important to make sure the listeners know that the guys here – they're not so bad, you know. Yeah. I think we're fortunate to work with guys who are understanding. You know, I know they're all dying to hear this episode because they probably think <laughs> you just talk crap about them the whole time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Chrissy, how about you end with the most perfect quote for just, you know, what sure. sums up life in this office? Um, I, you know, the guys here are, are, the men in this office are really awesome, none of which are super macho or bro-y you know they all actually have like a really perfect amount of of feminineness to them and they're really great and understanding and we do absolutely enjoy their company which is why we work here yeah you know we mm-hmm. wouldn't if if 
it's like, oh, there's just the three of us girls, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like this is, it's an amazing place with amazing individuals and um, they, working with them, I, I truly feel makes us better, but them working with us makes them way better because <laughs> we're pretty damn good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so this is the very last episode of Smithereens for this season, so stay tuned for what we have in store next. See you later, everybody. Bye. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. We really hope you enjoy it, and uh, stick around and come back for the next one. Yeah, really, really appreciate everyone kind of giving us our time on this platform. Please stay up to date with us. Follow us on Instagram at Mr. Smith Agency. Check out all of our work there. Also, visit our website, mrsmith.agency. Thanks, guys. Take care.